0: Thanks for listening to our Legacy Church podcast. We hope that today's message helps you in your walk with Christ and you visit us soon at our Legacy Church campus in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. For more information, visit us online at www.legacychurchri.com. I want to talk about a topic that I believe in this post-modern day is avoided many times like the plague. I want to talk about the holiness of God. And I want to talk about sin. You know, we are so far removed, I believe, from understanding who God truly is. He is a holy God. He's a just God. We talked about the Holy Spirit. In His name is holy But we are so calloused in our society, so much so that in our day and age, there's no conviction to even killing a child up to nine months or beyond. And I hear the voice of the Lord speaking through the centuries, reminding us how to pray when he said, pray this prayer. And he spoke the Lord's Prayer that we pray over the centuries. And part of that prayer was, deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. And from the beginning of time, we see that the enemy and sin itself has tried, has tried to deceive us and has done a great job in causing us to believe that there's no consequence to sin. And behind sin, there are forces of evil working to separate us from God and destroy everything good in our lives. We have to understand that sin is just not something, an act that we fail at. But there's something that's very spiritual, very supernatural that's working behind the scenes. And the Bible says in Ephesians six twelve that our struggle is not against the natural. It's not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. See, sin's big idea was always to convince humanity that there's no consequence to it. We see in, in Eden, where God tells Adam and Eve, listen, I want to bless you. I want to be your friend. I want you to live eternally in blessing. But there's one thing I don't want you to do is to touch from this one tree in the middle of the garden. Now just think of that. God gives you everything. Imagine what God showed Adam and Eve. Just can you imagine? He said, don't touch this one tree, the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And immediately we see the enemy comes, the power of sin comes, the devil himself, Satan comes, Lucifer comes, and he says something, and he declares God a liar. And he says to them, listen, I know God has told you that sin will destroy you. You are not to do this. You are not to disobey. But I tell you that you will not die. The enemy comes and says, you can get away with it. You will not die. But the truth of God's word, we read in Romans 6.23, is that the wages of sin is death. The soul that sins in Ezekiel 18.20, the soul that sins will surely die. Now, I know this is a tough topic to talk about because, you know, it's much easier to talk about love and grace, you know. It's much easier to talk about God's goodness and he wants to bless us, and which is all true. But I have to be honest as a pastor. I feel God wants to take the church to a higher dimension. I believe God wants to increase the power of the supernatural in his house. Where we see people like Nate delivered from alcohol. We see people come in with all kinds of struggles and generational curses. But the power of the Holy Spirit is in the church to set us free, to change our lives. That can only happen when we have the Holy Spirit and we invite a holy God and we say, Lord, make us holy people, make us holy people. You know, and I feel, I was, I was really praying about this message because it's not an easy message to preach. And I felt a lot of resistance because my nature is to always say God is good. But God is so good that he chases us down to set us free from what will destroy your life, which is sin. That is the goodness of God. So many times loving grace is misused. It's mischaracterized. the the definition of love and grace, and we hide under love and we hide under grace and we use it as an excuse to sin. You hear me? God is love. I can do what I want. We live in a society where anything goes. We see entire churches and denominations saying, This part of the Bible is not right because it's really not love. God is love. God is grace. And the devil comes and uses even, sad to say, churches that have conformed and bitten into what the devil started right from the beginning and said, you will not surely die. Sure, the Bible says this, but you will not surely die. Does God really mean that? And what we see is the destruction of families. We see brokenness. We see marriages broken. We see children hurting. We see the fatherless. And we see the destruction. And I, I see the Lord like he looked over Jerusalem and he wept. I see God weeping, weeping, weeping. And I hear him calling to the prophets Will you prophesy for me? Will you warn the people for me? Will you awaken them to the reason of destruction, the power of sin? And I feel that the Holy Spirit gave me this definition that I pray that as I'm reading this, that it would bring an awakening in our spirits to the importance of what I'm talking about. Listen to this. Receive it. Listen carefully. Sin is deceptive. It's prideful. It's impulsive. It disguises itself. It's attractive. It hides. It sneaks. It plans. It calls to you. It tempts. Sin is a demon disguised in a nice dress, a nice suit, a full wallet that tries to make an offer you can't refuse with promises of success of grandeur, sweet words, and honey. Sin grows from offense to hurt, from hurt to unforgiveness, from unforgiveness to bitterness, from bitterness to anger, from anger to rage, to cancer of the soul, and even cancer of the body, and ultimately to murder. Sin grows from a little flirting to outright adultery, perversion, and abuse. Sin grows from drinking just a few, hanging out just a little, watching just a little, listening just a little, texting just a little, to complete addiction and immorality. Sin takes you from small lies to outright deception. Sin pulls you into apathy, pulls you away from anything and anyone that draws you closer to God. From anything God establishes to protect you and give you true life. Sin hates truth, hates humility, hates the Bible, hates the church, hates the Holy Spirit, hates Jesus, hates God, hates authority, hates pastors, spiritual leaders, and spiritual friends. Sin will elevate you to the highest mountain so that it can cast you down from it and then blame God for it. Sin will destroy your life. Your marriage, your family, your friendships, your finances, your emotional well-being, your health, and ultimately your eternal life. Sin will always bring death and destruction. Always. No one is exempt from its power. No one without the Holy Spirit is strong enough to overcome it. And no one without Jesus and the blood that he shed has the authority to absolve it sins mission is 100% destruction and 100% casualties first peter 5:8 says be alert and sober and of sober mind your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour this topic is so essential that we discuss and we, we awaken to the fact that no one is exempt from it. I'm not exempt from it. My kids aren't exempt from it. No one's exempt from it. We see it. It's pervasive in the world. It's pervasive even in the church. It breaks my heart to see even spiritual leaders falling prey. To the power of sin. It breaks my heart seeing friends and people that I know, that I love deeply falling prey to the power of sin. You know, I remember um, years ago when my children w- were very small, I was in church one night. We had church on Friday night and, um, and, and someone comes running up to me and says, Pastor Ron, there's a police officer outside that's looking for you. I didn't steal tacos or anything, you know. <laughs> matter of fact, you know, let, let me finish a story. <laughs> my wife is hounding me every day, you've got to tell the church the end of the story that you told a few weeks back. I told you guys a story of I went to California Taco, great tacos by the way, California Taco, and so we California Taco and um, we sat there, my niece was there, we had a great time eating tacos. And I left without paying the bill. And in my my sermon, I failed to mention. I think I said, you know, I heard God say He's got this. I didn't mean it that way, okay? That God wasn't gonna pay the bill. And I said, I went home, and a couple hours later, I felt the Holy Spirit tugging me. You know, the Holy Spirit talks to you. He gives you a feeling. He gives you a sensation. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, hey, you didn't pay the bill. I said, I didn't pay the bill? I said to my wife, honey, I don't think I paid the bill. So let me finish the story before I forget it again. I went to the place, and I paid the bill, okay? So I just wanted you to know that, that you don't have a pastor who's a thief. <laughs> but this... this uh, Friday night, we're at the church with our kids, and someone comes running in and says, hey, there's a police officer outside that, that's, that wants to speak to you. And I say, oh, my goodness, what happened? You know, and, and it, of course, you get this, this terrible feeling in your gut. And so, um, so anyway, I went outside, and he says, uh, sir, your house was robbed. So we get to the house, and, and the house is, is ransacked. They came in through the, the sliding door, and they went upstairs. And, uh, you know, I was thinking of that night that I wasn't expecting my house to be robbed. And what's interesting is I had a security system. And I didn't put it on. Another interesting fact is we didn't have the lights on. The lights outside weren't on, you know. And then another interesting fact is we never hid all our valuables, you know. I know... Joey Pino, who is our neighbor, they got robbed, too, and another house, three, three houses were robbed. and um, And so they found out later on, years later, they told us they got a ring of 40 people that was a professional operation, 40 people, which included killers, that they had killed people as they robbed houses. If people were in the house, they just shoot them dead. And those... Types of people were in my house, and I said, "How'd you find out that they're the ones connected to my house?" They said, "The operation. They had a, a a building or a house somewhere, and they had every house on a wall. They had a picture of your house. They scouted your house. They had your address." And I was thinking about that story. That's how the devil works. That's how sin works sin will target you sin will target you when you don't expect it the devil's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour so I feel it's so important for us as believers to have the authority that God gives us like Nate said to trample and step on the devil's head to be alert to be attentive to know how to overcome this power of sin because we live in a fallen world. So I want to give us today five what I call security measures for your life. God wants you blessed, not robbed. You hear me? God does not want you robbed. He wants everything that's good about him, he wants to give to you all his promises he wants to give to you so we have to understand there are ways that we can protect ourselves from destruction and power of sin number 1 you better fear sins consequences you better have a healthy fear of sins consequences you can write this down Sin never stays at level one. Sin's goal is to progress like a terminal illness until it kills you. You better fear it. We fear getting sick. You hear the C word, my goodness. Well, you better fear sin because it does have consequences. The Bible says in John 10.10, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. The good news is the Lord says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. But you know what's interesting about God? If you're here today and you've accepted Jesus Christ into your life, which I pray that every person does before you leave so that you can know you have eternal life and that that God breaks the power of sin and, and darkness off of you. But as a child of God, can I tell you something? you will never get away with it. I've been a Christian for many years, guys. I've been in the kingdom a long time. I've seen people come and go. I've seen people stumble. And it amazes me that as a child of God, you will never, ever, ever get away with sin. Never. Because... In Hebrews 12:5 it says the Lord disciplines the one he loves. And he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. I thank you Jesus that you give me a paddle when I need it. You paddle me from heading in place of destruction sin, you paddle me right back to where I need to be. You better be grateful that God is so good that he disciplines you. (laughs) Parents, you better take some advisement. Don't change the definition of love and grace by letting your kids get away with murder. (laughs) Learn from God. God disciplines those he loves. You better discipline those you love. Amen? (laughs) Number two, you must never give temptation a foothold. You must never give temptation a foothold. Could I I just say something? I don't know if you can say this in church. Don't be an idiot. Don't be stupid. God has good plans for you. He has blessing for you. He might not operate in the time you expect him to. He might say, give me a second but He's got good plans for you. So don't be stupid. Wait upon the Lord. Don't be an idiot. Because it will not turn out good. Never, ever, 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 ever will sin bring you to a place of blessing. Never. The devil will try to tell you, will you surely die? You will surely not die. Huh. Huh. Right from the first book in the Bible, God gives us a warning. Receive the warning. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to those who are spiritual that God's put over your life to protect you. Listen to the check in your spirit. The Holy Spirit is faithful. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You feel that check. Because God loves you. The Holy Spirit's in you. God gives you warning signs. You know, many years ago in the church we used to go to, there was a, a man who had been delivered, just like Nate, but he was delivered from heroin. And what an amazing miracle that God can deliver even a heroin addict. Amen? That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And God had done, done great things in this man's life, you know. And, um, you know, he got delivered from heroin. He ended up getting married, you know, in the church, a Christian girl. And, uh, and one day we, there was a, prof, a prophet who, a visiting minister, came to the church, and he operated in the prophetic. And he calls this guy out, out of the crowd. And he says to this man, this is the gifts of the Spirit. This is what we want in the church, guys. We, we don't want a natural God. We're not a supernatural God. You know, we talked about baptism and the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. Yes, it's weird, but it's supernatural. It's in the Bible. There's gifts that God gives, the Bible says, for the betterment of the church. Well, God gave us the gift of the prophetic, and this man he calls this guy out, and he, he read his mail. He said, God has delivered you from a demon of addiction that was going to destroy you and kill you. And, And then the prophet said, I give you a warning today. If you ever, ever open that door again, once, you will die. You know what happened? He died. Years later, he fell back into heroin addiction, and he died. Sin does not have mercy. The devil does not have mercy. So don't ever give in to temptation, James 4, seven. submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Can I talk to, to you guys and girls today? Can we be real today? Okay. I want to talk to you guys and girls. I think that's all we have in the room, amen? <laughs> so pretty much I'm talking to all of you. Guys, you can't just be friends with girls. Oh, she's my friend. Especially if you're married. I don't get it. Wives, you have my permission to slap your guy in the head. Oh, it's just a friend. Who's the person you're texting? Who's the person you thought? Oh, it's just a friend from work. What are you, an idiot? Can I use that word in church? Are you stupid? You can't just be friends with the opposite sex. We are created to attract. You can't help it. That's a good thing, but you have to be attracted to the right person—the person that God put you with. You have to have boundaries. You have to have boundaries, women and guys. Sometimes we pick on the guys. I'll tell you, there's more women now cheating than ever. You better have boundaries. Because sin wants to destroy you, wants to destroy your marriage, wants to destroy your purity, wants to stop you. You're on the track. You know, I walk with Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. And the devil's saying, not, no, not much longer. I got a target on your back. You better be careful. You better wake up and smell the coffee. Beware of closeness. Dating couples... God wants to do a good thing, you know. Couples in the church that start dating, some of them, you know, see me as their pastor. And they'll say, "Hey, pastor, I want to talk to you," you know. And I, I, I already know what they want to talk about. I mean, I'm not brain dead. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, so, how nice. You guys really like each other. Great. You know, you're equally yoked. You both love Jesus. What a good thing. You better not sin. Otherwise, what God wants to do for you, he wants to bless you. He has plans to prosper you. Oh, great. You want to get married? You want to come to the altar? Ask God's blessing? You better stay pure. Okay? Don't ask me to condone something other than that. I can't do it. I can't do it for you because God loves you. You've got to come to a point where he's going to teach you. You've got to do it his way so that you'll be blessed. God doesn't hate you. He loves you. That's why he tells you, do it this way. Do it this way. So dating couples, don't put yourself in compromising positions. Okay? You don't go in a car alone and it's dark out. You do things in public. Because you know you better than I know you. You better stay safe. You better stay safe because God wants to bless you. You have to do things God's way because if it's not God's way, it's called a word that we don't want to say. It's called sin. It's called sin. Young people, you have so much pressure on you. In school... It's an anti-Christ environment. You know, colleges, they teach you everything contrary to God's word. And we pay for it. We are living in a hostile world, guys. But you have to make a decision. Who am I going to listen to? Adam and Eve screwed up. Look at what the result was. God the Father had to hang his son on a cross because they screwed up. That's the love of God. But don't mess around in disobeying God's word because it's never good. You know, some things just aren't appropriate. You know, I tell Christians all the time, listen, what are you posting? Look at what you're wearing. How are you dressing? Are you saying, come to me? Do you want to be a walking billboard for sin? Immorality? Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. Can we talk about this? We are the church guys. If we don't speak the truth, we have no hope. Your kids have no hope. Your marriages have no hope. Be careful. Be careful. Number three. You must never commune with darkness. What you watch, what you listen to, who you hang with. Parents, be careful who your kids hang with. You think your kids are perfect. They're sinners. You know, for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord. All the unsaved kids in the plat, they came over my house. I wanted to watch what they were doing, and we wanted to influence them. And by the grace of God, almost every single one of them is saved. They're all in leadership in the church. It's amazing. It works because we're smart. We know what the Bible says. We have a responsibility to keep our, ourselves from sin, including our children. You know, you're called to save people, not sin with them. I want to go to a bar, I'm going to go get some people saved. First of all, you're lying. Secondly, you'll never get a drunk saved. You know, sometimes Christians, we graduate, you know, from we might not have relationships and, and sin with our friends and so forth, but we graduate from hanging out with people who are gossipers, divisive, you know, speak poorly about, uh, against their leaders, that are prideful, that are arrogant, you know. We graduate. Be careful because... Poor company corrupts good character. That's sin. I want to read this in the Message Bible, Second Corinthians six fourteen through 18. Don't become partners with those who re- reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership, that's war. Is light best friends with dark? Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Do trust and mistrust hold hands? Who would you think of setting up pagan... Who would think of setting up pagan uh, pagan idols in God's holy temple? But that is exactly what we are. Each of us, a temple in whom God lives. God himself put it this way. I live in them, move in them. I'll be their God, and they will be my people. So leave the corruption and compromise. Leave it for good, says God. Don't link up with those who will pollute you. I want you all for myself. I will be a father to you. You will be my sons and daughters. What a blessing that we have God as our father. Amen? And let me just close quickly, have the music ministry come up. Number four, don't ever let your guard down. See, when my house was broken into, I let my guard down. I even had a security system, but I didn't put it on. How dumb, right? But alarms should go off. In our lives, let me tell you as a pastor, when alarm, an alarm goes off in my heart for people that God's put in this church, when I see them missing church a lot, alarm's going off. Sin is crouching at their door. When I see them not, when I see people not fellowshiping with believers, not really connected, but all their friends and friendships are people of the world, an alarm goes off. When I see people working too much, listen to me, working too much, the dollar is everything to them. It's all about the money. It's all about their business. It's all, 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 and you see them compromise. Alarms should be going off. The devil is crouching at your door. When I see people making all kinds of decisions, not around putting God first, but putting the world first, alarms should be going off. Galatians 5 1 says, It is for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. God wants us free, 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 free. And last but not least, we all fall. We all sin, guys. We all fail. So confess your sin quickly, turn from it quickly. If you're struggling in it, bring it into the light. Don't hide in the shadows. Get deliverance from it before it takes over your life. Stop blaming and using excuses. Bring it to the light. God is good. God wants to help you. God wants to forgive you. You know, we pray at the altars every week. And, um, and I, I tell you, as a pastor, I find more deliverance at the altars when people come and say, Pastor, I have to confess something. This is what I've been into. I said, so good. God's going to deliver you now. Because we're exposing the devil. We're coming against that power in the name of Jesus. God loves you. God wants to heal you. God wants to forgive you. But you've had a target on your back, and we're going to break those arrows in the name of Jesus. We're going to come against that power in the name of Jesus. Jesus died for our sins, and we declare the truth, and people get set free. Thanks for listening today. We pray you are blessed by our Legacy Church podcast and hope to see you soon at our church service in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. You can connect with us on any social media platform at Legacy church RI. Have a blessed week.